Hey guys, welcome to the Fox Feature Podcast. Um, normally this would have been done on a Friday, but it was a little tough to get a hold of my guest for today. Um, we're going to be joined by Chad Reed, who is uh, going to finish out the season in Salt Lake City on a KTM 450 SXF. It's kind of strange because he started the season, obviously, on a uh, on a Honda CR450R. Um Man, I can't remember somebody switching mid-season, mid-series mid rather. Uh, mid-season would have been uh, James Stewart going from JGR Yamaha to uh, Yoshimura Suzuki. But um, we're going to call Chad up and uh, see what his thoughts are about, you know, the quarantine we've all been under and why he changed bikes. And I believe that in switching to a KTM, Chad will have raced every brand of bike uh, at the highest level um, throughout his career. So... Let's get uh, Mr. Tutu on the phone. Hey, bud. What's up, Chad? No, just uh, just got home. Right. I was at, at the race shop. I was uh, just kind of going over and our race truck getting ready to leave probably like tomorrow afternoon-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, heading to Utah, so just kind of. We've been getting pounded with rain all last week and then over the weekend, so I finally got to ride a little bit. So. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so it's good. So, uh, so man, you, uh, you're you changing colors halfway through the season. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you started the year on a Honda CR450R. Um, yeah. And when the break happened, you were, you were quick to – kind of liquidate and sell everything, right? What made you decide to do that? Um, honestly, the reason why I got rid of everything was because, um, I mean, all the way to Dave Prater uh, at Feld Motorsport, you know, for the most part confirmed to us that that we were not going to go racing um, until like October, November, mm-hmm. you know, like September, October, Novemberish. Yeah. That was the original plan. So, so, you know, so my mind, I was like, well, you know, like that, obviously that leaves a big gap. Um, you know, there's a new 2021 Honda coming, um, you know, like right this moment, everything was kind of like we had everything kind of built and literally my race bike was like, you know, was brand new, ready to go for, uh, for Indianapolis and never, we never made it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was literally ready to just hand off to whoever wanted to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of thought that, you know what, like wh- why I have the time, because I didn't know what was going to happen. Like whether, you know, like if that schedule was going to remain, you know, true and, and, and hold, you know, to what it was going to be. Then, uh, you know, and then I started racing Lamborghinis during the summer and, you know, I didn't want to kind of just kind of lose sight of, you know, trying to, trying to get rid of some motorcycles, not get rid of, but like sell some motorcycles and things like that. So, mm-hmm. and my goal was obviously, you know, like had if, had if that being the plan, then likely the 2021 bike will be out and, or whatever bike, it didn't matter if I was going to stay on a Honda or whatever, you know, like just like likely the likelihood of me coming back racing on a 2020 bike was probably pretty low. Mm -hmm. So I thought, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll sell these things and, 
you know, kind of figure out what I wanted to do. Um, you know, and they, we moved those bikes really quite, quite, uh, quite fast. Um, now let me, let me ask you this. Did you sell it to another high level racer or was it like a vet class guy that has money and wanted part of the Chad Reed legacy? Yeah. Like, uh, it's my understanding that the full bikes we sold, um, were going to, you know, more, more fans, like, uh, you know, like a, a person that was going to probably put it in their living room. Maybe they'll ride it a little bit to ride it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, they were, you know, they were just wanting the bike for, you know, the fact that it was my final, you know, final year's bike. And, and, and though we're switching to a KTM, I mean, that's, that bike is still a big part of history and whatever. So, um, but yeah, no, no, like no pros bought the bikes that, that I know of at this point. You know? mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, mountain motorsports is a big part of your program. Are they also a KTM dealer as well? Yeah, of course. And then, um, you know, to kind of, to explain the, the KTM switch, um, right away when I got rid of all my bikes, like I, I just, I had this burning desire to want to ride a two stroke <laughs> and, you know, and then a lot of my friends, you know, that ride, I'm like, Chris Strainer, Harry Bink just got one. Um, you know, everyone kind of Jack Miller in Australia got one and it's kind of like, man, I, I want to ride 250, you know, like I, I didn't really need to, like, I felt motivated. Like I still felt like, like I was like, man, I want to ride my motorcycle, but I don't necessarily just want to burn, you know, burn laps to burn laps. I, I want to go ride something that I want to have fun, like something, you know, mm-hmm. change it up a little bit. So I got a, I got a KTM 252 stroke and really, really enjoyed riding it. It was, it was different. Like the, the last time I rode a two stroke, it wasn't, it, I didn't have fun. I didn't really enjoy it as much as what I thought I would like, like the engine and riding it was one thing, but I, I just felt super uncomfortable on the bike. Like I felt like I was riding a bike that I was really unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. And yet, I had done millions and millions of laps on that particular motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So then like my, my thinking was, was like, Hey, I really want to get a modern, you know, ergonomics two stroke and see what it's like, you know? Mm-hmm. And anyway, I got it. I loved it. And, and I, and I just, I liked the feel of the KTM. And then kind of as, as that was all happening, one thing was leading to another, the, the, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I kept hearing that we were going to maybe go back racing. And I'm kind of like, well, geez, if we're going back racing, like, what am I going to do? Like I sold all my bikes. <laughs> and so I was a little bit like, okay, I don't want to be left on, you know, in a situation where I'm like, like, oh, maybe we will, maybe we won't, maybe I'll just deal with it when we do. And so then I kind of was like, well, if that's really the case and you know what, I actually really like this KTM. Maybe I'll get a full 50 and try it. And I, I got it. I wrote it, um, wrote it on some motocross. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that I felt like I loved my Husky, I just always felt like I never had, I never had access to the good WP suspension. So I was kind of like, it always felt like there was, you know, like a, a huge potential in the motorcycle that I wasn't ever able to tap into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really fortunate this time around that, that I was able to get 
you know, gain access to the 52, you know, their kit fork. Mm-hmm. And, um, and man, I just, I really enjoyed riding the motorcycle. I think that for, for me, just as a, an avid fan of riding motorcycles, not taking, you know, taking my years of racing and my profession, you know, what I do on the weekends, I just, I love, has a hydraulic clutch, has a clutch that's second to none. Like through my whole career, everyone's like, man, you're hard on the clutch, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Well, why can I ride a KTM and I can go a month or more on one clutch? Mm-hmm. Literally on one clutch, I can go longer than a month. And on my Honda, actually, not even to single out Honda, on any other Japanese brand, I can't go longer than a day or two. Wow. And, you know, so that for me, as as somebody who just wants to go put gas in their bike and put a clean no-toil filter in there, you know, and throw a set of Dunlops on it every once in a while. Um, I was like, man, the KTM's for me. Like, that's what I want to do. You know, it's got good Brembo brakes. The suspension's pretty damn good. Um, so anyway, long story short, that's where I ended up. That's why I got a KTM. Nice. And and then one thing led to another, and quickly I had to go racing again. And so therefore I chose to do it on a KTM, and I'm excited. Like, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's a nice change. It's... It's nice to ride a motor. It kind of like brings me back to like the 2008 through 2012 era for me because this bike, it's small, it's compact, it stops, it turns, it's light, it's 10, 15 pounds lighter than any other bike out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I fell in love with it, to be honest. This completes your, uh, your uh, stamp book, right? You've ridden every bike now at the highest level. Yeah, it's funny. Everyone keeps uh, everyone brings that up, and I obviously, <laughs> you know, I'm not really. I, I wasn't set out to, you know, tick boxes, or that wasn't <laughs> my particular, you know, important part of um, doing it. I just, uh, I don't know, like I, like these bikes weren't, you know, like they're bikes that I had to buy, you know, like we. Like at at this point in my career, like what I really enjoy most about my relationship with uh, Mountain Motorsport is just, you know, like I I do have the freedom, you know, like they definitely have brands that they would prefer to work with and definitely Mm -hmm. KTM is the preferred brand for them. Um, But yeah, one thing led to another and and here I am, you know, like I didn't set out, you know, a, a goal um of riding every manufacturer at a professional level um but i you know like sometimes they say save the best for last and i must say uh this bike's really exciting to ride i love it um and and this is yeah like i i'm not paid or given anything from ktm this is just a dude who loves to ride his dirt bike and and i truly believe that their slogan of ready to race you know ready to be whatever their thing is what is it ready to race race, um it's pretty damn true man because like it's you throw a pipe and silencer on this thing and you see you on it and we're ready to go racing i'm pretty damn excited hey backing up a little bit dude how badass is the 250 sx because it's like it is a modern 250 because ktm unlike yamaha has continued to develop its two-stroke technology and uh, the thing is unbelievable i i I tried to race one at the two-stroke you know world championships last year and it was like yeah (laughs) it was so fast i like 
I was uh I was surprised on how like you know, like obviously I don't regularly ride a two stroke, but the one thing that comes to mind is how hard how hard they are to ride, you know? Like the, my favorite thing about a two stroke is that is that talent wins 100% on a two stroke. Mm. Like you you have to be badass to to extract everything out of a two stroke. That is the single biggest difference between 2004 to 2020 is these motorcycles are so damn good that it just makes the window of opportunity for everyone so much bigger. Um, when you ride the two stroke, even as good as the KTM is like, you can't just come out of a turn in third and think that you're going to give it a flick of the clutch and go. Like <laughs> if you come out of the turn in second, which is the gear you want to be in, how quickly you have to and how in tune you have to be with the bike to switch third gear to like, you know, to just basically extract everything down that straightaway. Yeah. That's when I realized I'm like, man, that's what the difference is in 2020 is like that. That's what's missing. But getting back to it, like I was really surprised and maybe it's just because I haven't really had any contact or riding a two stroke very, very often. But the, the small amount of time that I have jumped on one here and there is they're always really challenging to ride. You know, like you seem like you got to rev the crap out of them. You got to swing off the clutch um, where this bike seemingly has torque, like not quite, you know, not as good as a four stroke, but like it has, it has the, like you, there's an ability of being able to ride this bike like a four stroke. And I don't know if that's something that KTM has that nobody else has, but yeah, no, like I was, I was really surprised on how easy the bike was to ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was what kind of gave you know, why I had so much fun on it is just, it wasn't like I had to swing off the clutch to extract every little half a horsepower out of the yeah. thing, you know? It's pretty amazing how it's counterbalanced too, right? So there's not, not that typical two-stroke vibration going on. That too, you know, like just, and maybe that is, you know, like I don't, I haven't really, you know, like I obviously I pulled some covers off and, you know, like I'm working on uh, right now my, my engine's pulled apart because I'm going to, we're going to do some head and cylinder work, but um, throw a piston in it and things like that. But um, yeah, for the most part, like it is, it's a very interesting engine when you see it. And even just like, obviously my bike's the, the SX, so it doesn't have the uh, electric start, but when you actually pull the engine out of the chassis and like you see where the, you know, where they put the uh, starter motor and stuff like that on the, on the off-road versions, mm-hmm. it's, Man, it's it's pretty damn cool what they what they've done. Okay, so there was there ever a thought of being an even greater fan favorite and showing up on a two stroke for the last seven? Uh, unfortunately, never. <laughs> um, and that's just it's just unfortunately, I just feel like you, it would be so hard to to race that bike against anybody. Like the hardest thing would be. Like if you if I could if you could guarantee me a spot in the main event, I, <laughs> I I I think that you can, I think that you can race it for twenty minutes and and maybe not see a huge drop off of, as what you'd would you know like on the four fifty, um, but I but 
you know, like the, the single lap speed in qualifying, the, you know, getting a good start in the heat race and trying to qualify out of that. Like it's hard enough to do on a 450, let alone, you know, trying to disadvantage <laughs> yourself. So, yeah, un- unfortunately, then that was, it, that wasn't ever, <laughs> it was I never had, a choice. I had you know, ask, never choice. You know the- and then obviously, like, and then one thing also is initially, all the talk was that we were going to go to Vegas and race, um, you know, and though Vegas is not really considered altitude, your, your bike runs quite a bit slower, in, you know, up at, uh, up at Vegas for some reason, I think they're 34, 3,500, mm-hmm. um, you know, so your bike does run, you know, the edge is taken off of it a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's strange that like, so then even that, like that in the back of my mind of like, we're potentially gonna you know like people are like oh are you gonna race it and i'm kind of like immediately i'm kind of like well should i race it would i race it and then you think well we're probably likely going to vegas hell no and it's gonna be a hard pack <laughs> slick if it's in vegas right exactly exactly so no it didn't really yeah it wasn't something that was was gonna happen cool so what's the bike gonna look like are you keeping it orange or are you making it white no it's it's gonna be orange um yeah which is kind of strange you know like i've never raced an orange bike so that'd be fun um i think there's some photos of my bike actually out there already i don't know if uh i think i've posted uh pictures but yeah like for the most part my my design of the bike will look very similar just it won't be white where basically where it was white it would be orange Mm -hmm. um so yeah should uh should be cool i think my bikes look quite good you know like uh, my race bike like it excites me looking at the race bike and you know for so many years i've been looking at just an aluminum frame or a black anodized frame and you know to see a colored frame kind mm-hmm. of i don't know like it kind of it feels fresh it feels new and at, at 38 years old it's kind of nice to be excited about something that you've never really had before so it, i'm excited about it yeah i feel like i i feel like i have a, a new to you know a new toy yeah it's gonna be like uh well, I mean, it's really like two seasons for you, right? I mean, yeah, two I mean, it bikes, really but... is. I mean, we've already we've done, you know, what? There's been ten races, but I did nine because I missed uh, I missed Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I did nine races, and now I get a chance to do seven. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, basically, you know, splitting up the season and uh, getting a second chance at it. Okay, so we texted. Uh, we texted like a little bit into the whole quarantine thing and, and I was asking about your gear and you said that you had had some really cool Fox racing gear lined up for later in the season that wasn't going to get to see the light of day because of the break in racing. But have you talked to the guys at Fox and are you, <laughs> did they put KTM over the Hondas and are we going to get to see the special stuff you talked about? Yeah. I mean, that's one nice thing about being a mountain motorsport guy and, and nobody giving you support is there is no Honda logos. Okay, you know, okay. my bike, there was never any Honda logos on my bike or on my gear or anything like that. So, um, you know, so yeah, no covering that up, but unfortunately to answer your question, um, a lot of the, unless, unless they, they show up with it and surprise me. Um, but to my knowledge, um, a lot of the ideas and the, you know, the creativity that we had planned mm-hmm. kind of all got stopped because 
um, you know, the, obviously the coronavirus and, and, you know, and everything stopped shipping out of China. Oh, yeah. um, and then Fox laid off 75% of their company. Um, so really, I don't believe I'm going to have anything special um, for this. So this whole, yeah, this whole pandemic is, and, and honestly, like it, if that's the biggest effect that I have out of this whole thing, then, then I'm, <laughs> I feel, you know, I feel really lucky. Yeah. Um, because you know, like a lot of people, you know, it has been obviously a very serious thing. A lot of people have lost their jobs or been laid off, um, without pay and things like that. And I've been really fortunate. So if, if I lose my, my custom gear is my, <laughs> the worst thing that comes out of this pandemic, then, then I, I don't feel that it's fair for me to complain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, uh, you know, I, you know, obviously I follow you on Instagram. There's a lot of like family track days I've been seeing and stuff. So how, how did the whole pandemic affect the Chad Reed family? Did you guys stay in hide from Honestly, the world for like, much or was it just life as normal? You know, like the, it, the pandemic just influenced us as from such a positive point of view, you know, like I, it's been, I couldn't tell you the last time that I didn't have to travel. Um, you know, and a lot of it, I had to travel a lot of it. I chose to travel because I enjoy being on the road. I enjoy being around the sport and the industry. Um, you know, this was something unique, you know, in my 38 years, I'd never experienced, you know, the world shutting down and basically turning off. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it gave us, it gave my family and I the opportunity to to go and do things that that dad doesn't normally have time to do you know like yeah. especially at this time of year you know like my kids for whatever reason lost interest in soccer and wanted to ride motorcycles and i had time to go and take them and um they loved it my my eldest is you know moved up to a six on a 65 my youngest is now on you know the the ktm uh, 50 the, i don't even know if they just call it the sx or the senior one but mm -hmm. the really fast one that scares the <laughs> shit out of a dad <laughs> yeah. um that that bike um so you know and my daughter's ripping around on on the e you know the e the e5 or whatever yeah. they call it that thing that thing's awesome so we just we kind of just did did our thing you know like a lot of you know, I've been very fortunate that for the most part, like we don't have to go utilize public, you know, racetracks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I do have access to many private facilities and things like that. So, you know, like it wasn't like we were impacted and we were slowed down. Um, this whole virus thing, you know, I, I feel like you're either one side of the fence or the other. I haven't seen anyone in the middle yet. You're either really, really scared and you think that this is the craziest thing that it, you've ever experienced or you think it's all not really what it's made out to be and why are we worrying about it so much. Um, I happen to be on that side of the fence um, <laughs> and therefore we we got out and about and we spent a good six to eight weeks of just great family time making them you know amazing memories and and now my kids maybe the good or the bad out of it is my kids just have a you know and a, a newfound love and appreciation for motorcycles and mm -hmm. um and just when that was happening now we're going back racing so that's turned off and then daddy's being back to work yeah. um but yeah like 
once once these seven races are are completed um you know and i go into retirement um i really want to spend time with my kids and take them motorcycle riding and you know take them out on you know power sports in general you know like that's that's really why my relationship with with mountain motorsports was was built and and why it's going to be successful is because you know we're just a family that love to go you know go do fun things out out in the out in the real world mm-hmm. it has uh has mountain motorsports just been slammed with business because you know it's transportation and essential because i know that several motorcycle dealerships around here have done really well continuing yeah like i don't know that you know like obviously i don't know how they put that out but i i've you know, from what I know, they've been doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, though it's a massive business and they have seven or nine stores, um, you know, so I wouldn't consider them, them small business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, but they are a motorcycle dealer. And, and, and I think that um, I think it's amazing that through this time and it's something what I think that we should take from this pandemic, you know, you know, set aside the negative side of it and, you know, the, 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 the real people losing jobs and getting laid off of their, you know, out of, out of whatever they get to do. Um, I think what we need to take from it is, is that it's not, you know, going to work to sun up to sundown and, you know, working around the clock is unsustainable and i've been at that running on that at that rate since i was 11 years old if i'm honest Mm -hmm. um and i think that this is the first time in my life that i've actually kind of had to sit still kind of you know and and i wouldn't say or consider that we sat still like the rest of the world it wasn't like we sat in our house and we were freaked out and didn't go anywhere um you know but definitely not traveling and just spending more time around the house, not going to a gym because it's closed. And then therefore, you know, working out in a makeshift gym with my wife, like these are things that I didn't really think that, I, you know, would, would be in our daily schedule. And it's something that I've never worked out every day of the week for weeks on end. Um, and I have done that in this pandemic and I feel like my body likes that um i think the interaction that i have with my wife you know in those moments um and then the kids it's just yeah like i really think that we've grown a lot out of this whole thing so i you know again take you know put aside a lot of the negative that comes out of it Mm -hmm. and i really feel for the people that you know that are affected uh from it from you know from their jobs and things like that it's it's for me it's it's a little bit of a wake-up call that you know, that you do need to say no to some things in life to be able to ground yourself and sit still every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that, uh, you know, I know there's some riders that went on a little vacation and didn't train so much, but from the Arma Instagram, (laughs) every dang day I see a picture of you and Ellie working out together. So you've obviously kept the fitness up. Yeah, like the biggest thing for me, like when I started at Anaheim, you know, like I had two broken ribs, you know, it, it was it was the third, you know, the third time doing the injury since, you know, what was it, March of last year. And so I just was beat up and I wasn't in shape and, 
Um, and I felt like, I feel like I got to heal and I got to get my base fitness. You know, do I think that I'm in the greatest shape of my life as I sit here today getting ready to race next Sunday? Um, no, I don't think that I am in the greatest race shape of my life. Um, but I feel like my, like my body feels healthy. My, my body feels healed. My mind is in a good place. Um, my fitness base is solid. Um, I probably just don't have that, you know, like if, you know, like through this pandemic, I just felt like I got a really solid base. Mm -hmm. And if you had told me, you know, it like really, we only found out a week and a half that we were going racing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I hadn't been doing that high end, like I'm going racing in one month or five weeks, you know, it's like that boot camp kind of thing. Um, but I feel pretty damn good, you know, like I just feel so excited that, that I don't have any aches and pains I'm that, that, that I'm <laughs> actually not nursing anything. I, yeah. Like I'm not nursing. I'm not like, I'm not like, uh, I can't not breathe because my lungs feel like they're going to, you know, bust open if I breathe anymore because my ribs are hurting and, and just, so I'm really excited to go back racing just in that fact, you know? Mm. And, but yeah, that's that's probably the biggest difference for me. And, and I feel like I got a lot of the emotion out of the way as far as like when I show when you show up at Anaheim one and, and you, you know, and I, and I did a lot of things, you know, Feld Feld was very kind to me and the way that they allowed me to, um, you know, do my opening ceremony video and things like that. And, and in those moments, you know, sitting in a stadium, at night on a Thursday night empty mm -hmm. and realizing that that's going to be, you know, this is the end of that era mm -hmm. um, or that chapter of my life. Um, it was a lot to take on. It wasn't easy. It wasn't. And, and then not being healthy, not being in shape, um, you know, struggling to make main events, all those things were weighing on me, you know? And mm -hmm. so I, I feel that it's, it's been a nice reset for me and I hope that I can, I can uh, come back out, be be you know a healthier version of me, and and really just try to go out having fun on my motorcycle. That's that's the ultimate goal for me. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Is, have you sat back to think about what's going to go on starting this Sunday in Salt Lake? Right, it's something that's like going down in history. It's never been done before. I'm sure it will never happen again. But I mean, it's going to be a wild three weeks it's going to be strange you know like i've you know had you know multiple interviews and things like that and you know this question comes up and um today i was talking with uh you know the, the television side of our sport and kind of not on record but like we i was talking about you know just in conversation because i hadn't talked to the guys in a long time and you miss those guys and i'm like it's going to be real interesting from not only my perspective, because, you know, as, as a rider, I struggle through the day qualifying practices, you know, and, and, but when, when we turn the lights off, we drop the, you know, drop the gates in the heat in the main events, you know, I come to life and I, and I rise to the occasion, you know, mm -hmm. and this is, this is more, you know, I'm making a comment more on me and my prime than I am, you know, like, a lot of people want to talk shit on you today, but it's like at the end of the day, 
this is a retirement tour. I'm trying to have fun. I'm 38 years old. Like my, what I've done is good. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel very happy with what I've achieved in the sport. Um, but when I think of like my, my heydays and my good days and things like that, um, a lot of my good days and my wins didn't come from me coming out and crushing it and being top of the board through practices and heat races. Like a lot of it came from being like that eighth, ninth, 10th place qualifying time. And then, okay, then maybe I'll be a little bit better when they drop the gates in the, in the heat race. But then when they drop the gates in the main event, you know, most of the time I was a podium guy mm-hmm. and that's where I'm like, it's going to be strange because that's been my way of thinking my whole life. Mm-hmm. What happens when they don't turn the lights off? <laughs> yeah. they, you don't have a stadium full of, you know, fans and, and that atmosphere that I draw from or that reset lights go out, you do opening ceremonies and then your body and mind has this 20 plus year, you know, thing that you rely on of like, okay, now it's time. Let's yeah. let's do this, you know. And we're not really going to have that. So when I think of the Ken Roxons and the Elis and Cooper Webb and all these guys, and it's like our sport has such a mixed level of different people and the fact that, you know, like I look at some of the guys that are, you know, top of the board or they're second, third, you know, top five practice guys. Some of those guys you know are never going to be top five in the main event. Mm-hmm. don't need to name memes. There's just people in there that are just very good during the day, but then we turn the lights on and it all counts and they're not always there. Yeah. Does that person now continue and does he achieve what he once couldn't or, or when we're handing out 26 points, does it matter? And I'm just, as a fan of the sport, I'm interested to see how that plays out. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think Cooper Webb's a lot like me and the fact that, he doesn't light the world on fire during the day, but turn the lights out, come out for the heat race in the main event, dude's ready to play. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I don't know. I'm, it's going to be a challenge, and I'm excited as a fan of the sport, take myself out of the races just as a fan. I think it's going to be really challenging, and I think it's going to be interesting, and um, we're going to be on, you know, our TV package is going to be better now than what it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, the TV slot, primetime television on a Sunday and a and a Wednesday, um, let's, you know, let's kind of pull from the positives out of this rather than, you know, kind of weighing up the, the negatives on it. So going through the, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the regulations and the agreements we have to agree to, you know, there's no, no, uh, interaction between teams. So it's like, you know, you can mosey on over and chat with, you know, say Kenny at the Honda truck, right? It's like, yeah. stay within your own inner circle so that, yeah, that's going to be kind of strange and yeah. then as a media guy you can either be a photographer or you know a reporter and if you're a photographer you go to the track you stay on the track when there's nothing on the track you go to this photo den and stay 10 feet away from the other photographers and <laughs> you leave if you're not a photographer you go straight to the press box and you guys sit in the press box all day and leave so there's no media interaction there's no fans obviously there but then there's not even like uh interaction between racers and teams it's gonna be very strange um and if i'm honest (laughs) i think it's ridiculous yeah um but 
unfortunately, these are the times we are faced with. Um, I don't believe that this is a failed entertainment rule or law or something that they even really care about. I think at the end of the day, they just want to go racing. Yeah. Um, this, you know, this is all mandated by, you know, the state of Utah, the city of Salt Lake City. We're all, you know, we're all going by these makeshift CDC guidelines. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at NASCAR. Um, if I'm honest, I watch it on TV and I want to turn it off. I love the sport of NASCAR or just motorsport in general. Mm-hmm. But I want to turn it off because it's really just becoming this infomercial now. You mm-hmm. know, like it's for me like in our case where every single person it's mandatory to do a COVID-19 test. If you test positive, you are not allowed at the event. Mm -hmm. So tell me why, or explain to me why we have to do the test. And then if we do not have it or do not test positive for it, why do we wear need to wear a mask? Why do we need to social distance? All these things that, you're making it mandatory to test. So then what we may as well, we shouldn't do the test. In my opinion, if, if all these rules and everything like that are in place, then, you know, like I'm not allowed to take my mechanic on the back of my motorcycle and he's not allowed. And he has to wear a mask (laughs) under my tent next to me. And I have to social distance next to him. I've been shoulder to shoulder with this dude for the past nine weeks. Yeah. You know, like, and, He's going to, and he's in my lodging. Like he has to stay in my house that I'm going to have. Yeah. So then we're going to walk around the house. We're going to eat dinner, breakfast, lunch, and (laughs) and dinner together. But yet when I go step foot on the grounds at the racetrack, we're going to social distance. That is hard for me to understand. But at the end of the day, we're going racing. We're going to go put on a show for the fans on on television. That's why I am showing up. Mm-hmm. Not because I believe in the whole rules or nor do I agree with them, but sometimes you got to do things that you don't always want to do. Mm-hmm. And this, and I will say that my comfort zone is definitely not wearing a mask. I have not worn a mask yet and I will wear one as little as possible. You'll probably see me walking around my helmet at all times. Yeah, um, so I don't mask. have to wear a, you know, a mask. <laughs> um, yeah. And the same thing with NASCAR. Like when I watch NASCAR, You've got this six-foot boom microphone. A guy just you know crawled out of his car. There's nobody around him, and suddenly he has to wear a mask for an interview. That's that's politics for me. Like I feel like that's just you're the first sport back, and you're getting held to these. You know, you're getting scrutinized and all these things. And I just feel a little bit bad for that. Like I just feel like sometimes. You know, not that I'm a full mask hater. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Yeah. I do not. I'm good. But hey, you know. Um, but anyway, that it's going to be very different. It's going to, you know, like, and that's what I had to have a talk with me and Ellie. Like, I was like, do I really want to do this? Like, I signed up for this tour for the sheer fact of going and enjoying the fans and saying thank you. And there is no fans. And my second family is the industry. Now I can't interact with the fans. I can't interact with the industry. <laughs> so you're, you're, <laughs> you're basically taking everything that I, you know, the reason why I go racing at this point in my career or this year and, and taking it away from me. So, um, but you know, there's, there's, there's partners, there's sponsors. 
um, there's fans on TV, the sport where, you know, we're basically the second sport, uh, in the world going back to, you know, going back to action. Mm-hmm. Um, and so therefore I, I feel like that I owe it to the people and the fans and the sponsors, um, and the sport that, you know, that, that though I, you know, believe in something different, um, shouldn't make it right or wrong either way, whether I believe in it or I don't, or they believe in it, they don't, it, it's just an opinion. Um, and I just, yeah, I think that sometimes you got to do things that you don't always want to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to look funny seeing Ben with his big beard in a mask. Oh my gosh. It's, I wish it's going to look this... like, it's going to look like the beach in the seventies. <laughs> I have this, uh, I have this meme, this, how do they say it? Meme, meme, or meme, meme whatever yeah. it is. I have this meme where, you know, and I wish I could post it, but I, I've tried to post it. It won't let me post it, but it's like basically a guy with a beard and he, and he grabs it and he like pulls it up over his, over his head and eyes. And then he puts a hat on and it basically looks like he has his full face mask. <laughs> and dude, it, every time I see it, I'll, I'll text it to you. It, it is hilarious. <laughs> every time I see it, it cracks me up, makes me laugh. And I'm like, Ben, you got to do this. Uh, can we pull this off? Somehow we need to pull this off. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, um, I know it's probably been asked of you before, but um, tell me a little bit your, about your involvement with Arma and what attracted you to it. Yeah, so first and foremost, um, obviously, you know, good good friends with uh, um, Scott Scobic, Um I spent uh, the summer of 2018, I believe, um, a good part of like a month and a bit in, in, in Italy. Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, you know, like Scott's been in a lot of different projects and a lot of different, um, you know, uh, products within our industry. Um, and everything that Scott has his hands on looks cool. Um, you know, it always has a look and feel about it that makes you think, wow, that's, that's cool. That's exciting. Um, you know, if you look at the brand monster energy, I think that Scott had a huge part of that. Um, what, you know, what you see today is, is a lot of what Scott's vision for that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, he starts bringing up this, Hey, I got this armor product, you know, and, and, and I'm guilty from the fact that all I knew about armor was that they were trying to do an energy drink and then they were doing these nuts. It was something about nuts, <laughs> you know, nuts, yeah. and, and so, so then here I am like, kind of like, yeah, Scott, okay, cool. You know, like I think it's a cool badass logo, but Hey, I don't really want to eat energy nuts, you know? Um, <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. You know, like he tries to explain it. And anyway, we get back to the U S he sends me product. Um, and immediately I was like, wow, man, like you're, you're not kidding. Like the products pretty damn good. And um, at that point it was just the, uh, one product and they came out with the second one. And then, um, I was very fortunate to be basically, uh, from the early, early parts of it before it was really publicized. Um, I was, I was able to, you know, play a, a, a role in, you know, testing it, coming up with certain different blends and things like that. Like Scott was regularly sending me things, um, to test. He's like, Hey, test this, tell me what mm-hmm. you feel. And then I'm like, okay, I feel this, whatever. And then we try it. And then kind of one thing led to another and it, it became real. And we're like, wow, this product is badass. Um, my wife started in the gym. She had never been a gym person ever. And she started using the product and she felt the difference. And 
And then Ellie and I just was like, man, we want to be a part of this. Like, this is actually something that's really, you know, really changing our everyday life and, mm-hmm. and something that we feel that, you know, could contribute to, you know, to every, every, everybody else out there. Um, so yeah, we invested and we're, we're part owners of, of our armor and, uh, yeah, just really proud, really proud to see what it's doing. You know, the fact that now, you know, we're in, we're on GNCC, what is it? GNC. GNC. Um, and then, uh, we're also on Amazon now and, um, we're, we're growing, man. We're, we're kind of hitting the ground running and I get to work with, you know, my childhood hero, Jeremy McGrath, <laughs> um, you know, and then also a dude I respect a lot, Nick way, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then an up and coming guy like Adam Cincerello being a big part of it. So, um, I think we've got a really kind of a unique group of people. We've got kind of, we've got the past, the present and the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Although I don't really think I'm very present right now, but uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, may, maybe, uh, maybe Adam is more present, and then we have some younger guys in, that are that are future that mm-hmm. we're working with. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, you know, Nick's Nick's a lot like you know, Nick and I are a lot alike in the fact that you know, like we've always kind of beat you know beat to a different drum. We always like doing our own things, and he always ran his own teams, and you know, so when you do things like that. You, you learn a lot because you everything you do um, is 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 testing and and you 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 may do twenty things that nobody knows nothing about and you failed at it and you but you when you fail at it or it doesn't work out or whatever that's when you learn man and like and I think that that's probably what we're putting you know like our strong points in this particular product is is our years of experience and the things that, you know, like how in tune we are with our own bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you start plugging that stuff into what I call our, our future of, you know, like an Adam Cincerello and, you know, the product, you know, really, really benefits, um, you know, these guys. So yeah, I'm really stoked to be a part of it and excited for what the future brings for us. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty fantastic product. I, it's funny because you're talking about the different guys involved, and dude, Nick Way is like, he might as well be a scientist, a chemist, right? He knows everything that's in it, what the benefit of every ingredient is and stuff. Because one time I'm talking to him, like, hey, you know, the Blitz is is great when I'm at the track, but sometimes like, if I drink it and I'm not doing anything, it makes my forearms tingling. So, oh, that's the beta alanine, and it does this and this. Yeah, and this. the but yeah, um, yeah, the beta alanine. It's kind of like a uh, makes you. I don't know if you ever taken niacin before, but that was one of the first things I said. I'm like, dude, it's like I'm taking a night. Like I took niacin and I have like this niacin flush and it feels like this ants all over my body. Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, oh, you got to get more of that. That's what boosts this. That's what does this. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, if you, if you say so, yeah. you know, and then I kind of like, okay, you know, and it, cause when I was doing it, I was doing it in the summer. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like racing on a week to week basis. So it was kind of cool to, really go through that process and learn. And like you said, like Nick's, Nick's a walking scientist, you know, yeah, like a lot yeah. of the things that he has to say. And, and I think that with his, you know, with him being like that and then me being quite in tune with my body and the fact that like anything that upsets my stomach or like makes my head foggy or something like that, like I'm really sensitive to stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's what, that's what got me excited about the product is, is it didn't upset my stomach 
and and for whatever reason, those two things are are very common things that I run into and have issues with with different products, mm-hmm. and why I'm really picky at what I eat and what I and whatever. And it's not like I don't like to be picky. Like I'm definitely a fat kid at heart, and I would just love to eat whatever I can. But like it does not like me. You know, I feel like when I'm trying to be, you know, at my best, a foggy head and and my stomach tore up are are two common things. So mm-hmm. this product. That's where this product just really kind of like where I was sold on this product was that those two things didn't, they actually were the opposite. Like I actually felt, you know, more, more in tune, more, more switched on and, and, and wasn't having issues with the, my stomach. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, Hey Chad, um, I know I said it only take a few minutes. We've been on the phone almost 50 minutes. So thanks for your time, dude. And, uh, looking forward to seeing you, uh, race an orange bike in about six days from now. Yeah, are you going? Yeah, I'll be there. So yeah. are you going to be media or are you going to be photographer? <laughs> so Anton is a photographer and I'm going to be media. But, so you're uh, going to go up and you're going to go up and sit with with the guys and yeah. I hope you wait I hope you wear your mask and your social distance up in that that massive uh, press box. Oh yeah, the mask. Yeah. Love it. At least uh at least the cameras won't be on you guys. You guys will be able to do whatever the hell you want up there. <laughs> I wear the mask. I look like a, a, a one of the fighters in the Street Fighter game, right? Japanese guy. Oh, I have a. Uh, <laughs> I have like I don't even know what mine is. I wouldn't even call it a mask, but I have the one that's basically a clown face. So <laughs> yeah, if you have to do it, why not just do it and have a bit of fun with it, right? Look like a clown. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, hey buddy, uh, we'll see you soon then, or, yeah, or I'll, I'll be in the I'll, same. I'll, I'll be I'll, in the same uh, say, general I'll, facility I'll, as you. <laughs> I'll wave from afar. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the time. <laughs> thanks, Don. Right. Later. Bye-bye.